at the beginning of this nativity story is a story that we don't spend much time on. It's kind of crammed in between the story of, of, uh, of, of Zechariah and Elizabeth. You remember that story? We, we like that story. That's kind of a cool story because, you know, <clears throat> Zechariah goes in and, and uh, sees an angel and, and tells him he's going to have a son and he can't believe it. And, and uh, boy, he, he makes him mute. He can't talk. He comes out and they know that he's had some kind of a vision, but they don't know what it is. And then we have the birth of Jesus that comes, you know, not long after that. But in between those two is this interesting, interesting story. And I think it's significant to see what happened to Mary before her son, Jesus, comes into the world. How old was Mary? It depends on who you read. Uh, some scholars think that she may have been as young as 12, 13, 14 years old. Can you imagine 12 or 13 or 14? I, I thought about this, but then I thought how embarrassing that would be. I have a hard enough time getting kids to come up for birthdays. Can you imagine if I said, how many of you are 12 or 13 or 14? Come on up, you know. But if, and I have a hard time believing that she was that young. However, and, and the reason why I don't think she was that young is because she goes and visits Elizabeth. I don't think someone that young would have necessarily gone to do that. But if, if, she, was, if she made it to the age of 18 and wasn't married, she was an old maid. And so she was young. Now, regardless of any of this, Mary prays a prayer that we often sing a song called the Magnificat. And it's very similar. It, it, sometime turn over and read Hannah's prayer, her song to God, when she had dedicated Samuel uh, to, to Eli. Go and read that sometime and compare those two things because it's phenomenal. But God sends an angel. He sends Gabriel, for goodness sake, to talk to Mary. He sends the top guy. And he says, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Must have been something special about Mary. Must have been something about her heart that, that, that God says, that's the one that I want to be the mother of the Son of God. Wouldn't you have liked to have known Mary? Wouldn't you have liked to have had her for a friend and just kind of known her personality? Well, here she is. And there are several places in Scripture where it says, and Mary treasured these things in her heart. I want to tell you something. There's something special about mothers. And there's things that happen in their kids' lives that they treasure them in their heart. And this happened with Mary. And Jesus was kind enough. One of the very last things he did here on earth was to make sure Mary was taken care of. You remember that at the end of John? Jesus is hanging on the cross. And this is incredible to me because, you know, can you imagine the pain and the anguish and the suffering that he's under? And he looks down and guess who's there? 
It's Mary. And he looks at John and he says, there's your mother. That's the kind of person she was. But this whole thing, this whole scenario, I think, mirrors what happens in the life of a believer, of what happens in the life of, of us. The first thing, God begins the conversation. God begins the conversation with you. In this case, he sent Gabriel to visit with Mary. And let me ask you this question. How has God pursued you? Oh, he may not send an angel, but how has he pursued you? Has he used other people? Has he used scripture? How has God used these people to pursue you? And how else can you portray it when you read what scripture says? Because when you read everything, you read from, from Adam, when Adam sinned, the fall of man in the garden, and you see all of this stuff happening, and, and God had this perfect relationship. But we come along and we mess things up. And you read from the time of Adam and Eve, all through the prophets, all through the kings, all through everything, all the way up to Jesus. God pursues us. And I'm not using too strong a word. He pursues us. The best way I can describe that, I remember when I was in college, um, we had a, a wonderful um, uh, intramural program. And they had what they called the Australian Pursuit Race. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. I can assure you that I never participated in one of those because it involved running. What they would do, however many people they had, they would space them equidistant in a, in a circle or at least in an oval of some kind. And they would start running. And when you were overcome, you had to go sit down. And the last person standing was the one who beat everybody else. I want you to know that God is the last person standing. He pursues you and he pursues you and he pursues you. And note that it's always God that pursues and not vice versa. And, and I want you to note that Mary's response was not immediate, nor was it positive. In Luke 1 it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. She didn't just jump right in and say, I'm in. It kind of bothered her a little bit. She thought, what in the world is going on? What did the angel say to her? Don't be afraid. God says that to you too. When you are pursued by God and you're faced with an, inst an instance that you're not sure what in the world's going to happen, and you have no clue what's going to happen in your life. The message is the same to you. Don't be afraid. And it's all right 
that sometimes our response to God might be fear. And it may be the right reaction. Even Solomon at the end of, of Ecclesiastes says to fear God and keep his command. But yet over in 1 John it says perfect love casts out all fear. And, and sometimes we wonder is that, a, is that a contradiction? No, it's a change in relationship. It's a change in relationship from going to understanding that God is a fierce God. But understanding through a, through a period of time and knowing that God is pursuing you, that he loves you. And when God places us on a path of the unknown, it's okay to be afraid. When call, God calls us, it's faith that says for us to press on and lean into him. But sometimes there's doubt. Sometimes there's doubt. I guess if I pay attention, I'd know that uh, I'm behind here. Sometimes God's calling doesn't make sense, does it? Mary said, how can this be since I am a virgin? She says, I've never been with a man. How in the world am I going to have a baby? God said, don't worry about that. I'll take care of the details. Does it make sense to you for an army of, I call them ragtag soldiers, to come to a town called Jericho and march around one time every day, and on the seventh day to march around seven times and blow trumpets, do you think you're going to overcome and win a battle? Does that make sense? Does it make sense when God told Moses that he was going to, to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, the, probably the strongest army in the world? Does that make sense? God told him that. Does it make sense when Jesus says, I want you to love your enemies? Does it make sense when they say, when Jesus says the way up is down? One of the problems that we have is we're bound by time. We say, okay, God is calling me to this. God is pursuing me to this. Oh, it's been a day. It's been a week. Where's God? How come this hasn't happened? Unfortunately for us, sometimes God's pursuit isn't about the next day or the week. It's about a lifetime. And how many times have you looked back in your life and said, I see God's hand. I see where he's directed. It was tough. I didn't like it. I, I was going through a difficult time. But God's timing is always perfect. And he points, he points us to things in the past. And he says, trust me. Maybe this has happened. Maybe a job opportunity. Maybe a relationship. Maybe a huge change in your life. Maybe the death of a spouse or loved one. None of it worked out. But God says, trust me. I want you to know it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have doubts. But it's imperative that you trust him. 
His promises have always come true. Always. Maybe not the way that we thought they should. You see, that's our problem. God's promises will always come true. However, but we always say that. But it hasn't worked in my case. Maybe our will is not what God's will is. Imagine what Mary saw in her lifetime. Imagine the things that she went through, not knowing what in the world is about to happen. Note that she, she saw this angel. She saw this miraculous birth of a son. She saw the possible death of her husband, Joseph. She saw the life of Jesus. She was standing at the cross, wondering why is he being crucified? He's done nothing and wondering what in the world was God doing? Did she see the gospel spread throughout the world? I don't know. But I can assure you now that she sees and knows the whole plan. What if Mary had said no? What if Mary had said, you know what? I'm not sure I'm the right person for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm a nice person. Uh, maybe there's some good things that I've done, and maybe, you know, I'm going to be a good person, you know, throughout my life. But really, gee, you know, really, God, I'm, I'm not sure I'm the one for this position. This is really the crux of the sermon today, what I'm about to say. Sometime, if it hasn't happened already, God is calling you. He's calling you to something. Don't forget that Satan may have, do everything he can to knock you off that course. But rest assured, he will if he hasn't already called you. And the task itself may be large, it may be small. It will require your life, but the important thing to say is yes. Yes. I don't understand what's going to happen. I don't know which direction I'm going to go. But if you're by my side, yes. It's a wonderful passage in 2 Corinthians. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us, by us, to the glory of God. And if God's message has always been yes, how can we say no when he calls us? But there's an interesting thing that happens at the very end of this that we really don't make note of. The angel leaves her. She's there by herself. Oh, I know, she's got, 
Elizabeth there and Zechariah, and, and she goes back home and, and she's betrothed to Joseph and all that kind of stuff. But when it's all said and done, the angel's not there anymore and she has to launch out by faith. She has to go out on her own. And now she has to make that decision. Do I go through this or not? Do I go through with it? Fortunately for us, she said, yes. In faith, she says, yes. And so my question to you today is, what has God called you to? He's the great pursuer. And you may have doubts and you may have fears, but it's important to say yes and let him work through you. There's a song, we don't sing it here. I think it's a great song for the lesson today. I mentioned it to Caleb and he just kind of looked at me. You know, these young whippersnappers, they don't know the old songs. <laughs> but it's a song called, Art Thou Weary? Now I got the words up here. Art thou weary, art thou languid? Art thou sore distressed? Come to me, saith one, and coming be at rest. If I ask him to receive me, will he say me nay? Not till earth, not till heaven pass away. And if I still hold closely to him, what hath he at last? Sorrow vanquished, labor ended, Jordan pass. Listen to this last verse. Finding him and following keeping is he sure to bless. Saints, apostles, prophets, martyrs, answer yes. That's what I'm calling you to do today. That's what I'm calling all of us to do today, is to say yes. To not turn God down when he pursues us. Because I'm going to tell you, eventually, if we keep saying no, God won't force himself on us. But if we say yes... He will greatly, greatly bless us. Caleb is selecting the invitation song. Our shepherds and their wives will be in the back. Maybe you haven't said yes. Maybe you've had a lifetime of saying no, 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 no. It's time to say yes. And I encourage you today, regardless of what it is, regardless of what the call is, that you say Yes, come as we stand and sing.